0: pittsburgh Steelers fans it is time once again for another episode of here we go the steelers pregame show yahoo the steelers have a game man i tell you what when the steelers aren't playing even when they're having a rough year like they are at two and six and you have that week off i'm lost i don't know what to do i don't even know my name but luckily i've got it right here my name is brian anthony davis i am the host of here we go the steelers pregame show but this show is not anything without the man next to me here well through my speakers his name is kt smith kevin the coach what's up my man
1: nothing getting back to uh steelers football getting excited for that i'm sorry to hear that you wandered around lost last weekend it's understandable you don't uh you don't happen to have like your own name tattooed on your body somewhere do you? i should
0: because
1: i always thought that's kind of weird when people get their own name tattooed <laughs> on their body like, Well, hey they love themselves so that's okay I guess. I mean, and and you'll never be lost, I guess. So you can always look down and but it just seems an odd an odd of all the choices, just to, I mean, maybe it's just like verification. Me.
0: <laughs> you, you know what? Some people might think this is awful. Some might think that this is a brilliant parenting move. I don't know, but when we used to go to amusement parks, I would take a Sharpie and I would write my phone number on my kids' arms underneath their sleeve. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually pretty good. Because if they got laws, they don't know my number. <laughs> so, like I said, that could be bad parenting or that could be good parenting. I don't know. It It's uh statute of limitations is over there, right? The
1: one rule for any parent is this. You you do what you got to do. I mean, there, I don't think that there should be uh, specific boundaries, especially at an amusement park. Whatever you have to do to not lose your kid, you do that
0: absolutely i never
1: judge those people that put the the uh
0: the collar not the collars the leashes on the their leash kids, yeah. you know <laughs> yeah neither I mean, do it, i it looks
1: ridiculous but i understand it i totally understand it.
0: but they know their kids and they uh, know they're a wandering
1: threat yeah you don't put that leash on a kid who's who's you know afraid to, to walk away from
0: mommy and daddy i i have i have friends my uh my son was supposed to go on a trip to europe and friend's daughter was going with them too and they're like yeah we're we you've got to stick with her because she's just a wanderer that's what she does i mean she's very popular hangs out with everybody but she gets distracted and she just wanders off <laughs> and they're like oh no yeah, get the leash <laughs> there we go all right if you have cards and letters please send them to katie smith care of behind the steel dot com uh, <laughs> with that being said Let's talk about this game. I'm excited for this game. And the title of the show is New Orleans. New beginnings or old problems. And that might sound a little crazy, but Kevin, a lot of people are thinking that the Steelers are just going to go out there with the break with the possibility of getting TJ Watt and we're going to talk about that, but we don't know if he's back or not, but you're getting DeMonte Casey back. You, a lot of people think, okay, this is a new beginning for them. We talked about it last week. When you talked about the possibility of them going six and three over the next nine weeks, you know, that doesn't really put them in the playoffs that puts them below 500, but even that that's in the right direction. So my question to you is do you feel like so far that the Steelers look more like a new beginning team or an old problem team?
1: That's a good question.
0: Obviously the break
1: gives you an opportunity to reevaluate some things and sharpen up some things. And it's a good time to get back to work on fundamentals, things that you sometimes lose during the, the season, because so much of game planning for another opponent is scheme oriented and so you, you go back in during the, the bye week and you work on, on little things, just uh, things like tackling and combo blocks for the offensive linemen and honing up your your route running and things like that. So so you'd like to think that the Steelers are, have, have sharpened some of that, but they had to have done some reassessing too of the scheme and, you know, what they want to get done. And now with some of the pieces they have coming back, for example, Kazee, I'm really excited to see what happens with him because – in the preseason, we talked a decent amount about the Steelers playing a three-safety package with Kazee on the field with Terrell Edmonds and Minka Fitzpatrick. And now the Steelers, who are, are have really struggled against the pass this season, have an opportunity to do that and, and maybe throw some looks at New Orleans that they haven't seen yet. So for me, this feels more like a new beginning. You've got, uh, again – you know you've got uh, some additions to the defense and some looks that that maybe the Saints haven't seen yet on the offensive side of the ball. This is the first game after the Chase Claypool trade, and so you're going to see a new look on the offense, uh, even if that means uh, just the subtraction of Claypool. And will it be Stephen Sims? Uh, one of the things that that was uh, there was pretty good discussion uh, in the comments of the article that I had up this week about. The Steelers going more twelve personnel, and how it just feels as though they're they're better going forward this season with two tight ends on the field than they are with three wide receivers. That if, that if your choice is to put a second tight end on the field in the form of either uh, Zach Gentry or Connor Hayward versus maybe Steven Sims or Miles Boykin as your third receiver then that 12 personnel package could be the better look. And so we'll see We'll see if they do that. So there's a lot, awful lot of really interesting things scheme-wise and execution-wise to look for this week against the Saints.
0: There definitely is. And one of the things, before we get into all of that and all of the schemes, it's who's going to be the personnel. And we already teased that because you have the fact that we know that DeMonte KZ's back. We know that there is not going to be Chris Boswell. And I want to talk about that before we do anything else. He's on the injured reserve. What do you know about this? Is this something to be really concerned about? Because it seems like his dad is really concerned about it, and he put a tweet out yesterday as well. So
1: it's, it's a groin injury, correct? Yes, right groin. Yeah, that's a problem. That's a lingering thing that just takes a while to heal. The only thing, there's certain injuries that you can speed up the recovery through yeah, the way that your rehab goes you can you can stim it and and you can get the athletic staff to work on it and and you can kind of hurry it up a little bit but but a groin's not like that a, a groin much like a high ankle sprain i mean the the, the thing that heals at this time and the problem is if you rush it back then you injure it again and now it's worse because now the recovery time is even, even longer. And that's, that's why I hate when I see players with high ankle sprains, because it doesn't seem like it's that detrimental an in, in injury, but it's, it's not an injury you recover from quickly. And if you rush it back, you hurt, injure it again and you set yourself back even worse. And I think that that might, maybe the situation with Boswell. So I think that that's a more serious injury than people probably anticipated at first.
0: For people that don't understand the IR, because it's changed, it used to be in the past, if you were put on the injured reserve, you were done for the season, and now it's a little bit different. Can you explain how this all works now? So
1: he's got is he a, is he a four or a six or an eight week designation? I know they have different designations. I did and not
0: I did not see the designation. That's... Yeah, I
1: didn't either, and I, I probably should have looked before we went on, but uh, I I believe he's a four week designation, and and that means that you know they're going to be without him for the better part of a month, um, you know, because his designation was muddled by his suspension, uh, his uh, PED suspension. So, but I believe that his his initially was eight weeks. Which had started in the preseason, but I mean, I, I think that the NFL has done a really good thing with this because the whole notion of having to essentially shelve a guy for a year when you know that the injury is not technically uh, year-ending was uh, frustrating because it made it forced you to make some really tough decisions on some on some players. So, so it's gonna it's gonna hurt uh, not having Boswell, and um, I think you're gonna see the Steelers obviously they recognize his value um but but at the same time thankfully he's he's not technically done for the season
0: so this is what we're looking at and this is what the Steelers put out at 4:20 p.m. on Thursday the Steelers Placed kicker Chris Boswell on the reserve injured list. Boswell has a right groin injury that forced him to miss the week eight game against the Eagles. Talks about everything that he's done this season as far as stats. And then it says the team signed kicker Matthew Wright from the Kansas City Chiefs practice squad on Wednesday to handle the kicking duties with Boswell out. Matthew Wright has proved that he is a very good kicker. He, he might be the 33 best, the 33rd best kicker in the league right now. He might be the best, you know, sub for every team that needs a kicker in the league.
1: And it's good that he's had uh, experience in Pittsburgh because the wins that you find, you know, at Heinz are unique. Heinz. I keep calling it Heinz. I'm still calling it Heinz Field, Brian.
0: <laughs> I I get it.
1: I, that's no problem. It's not it hasn't it hasn't really like set in yet. I think it'll take a little while. But uh so okay. as we get and as we get into November and December, into that really, you know, when the harsh weather sets in, the kicking game takes on even more importance. So I was happy to see them sign him.
0: You know, he is tied for 25th in the NFL with a 75% field goal percentage this year, a hundred percent extra point percentage. So he has not missed an extra point. He has a long of 59 and he has 17 points this year. And when you look at the action in his most recent games, you know, he played against the Las Vegas Raiders he was one for one from 50 plus he had, he was 0 for one from 40 to 49, but in the Tampa Bay game, he had 11 points. He, so regular season this year, he's three for four. So that's what his 75% is. Cause you hear 75% with a kicker, you get scared, but you realize the guy's only three for four, but in his career, he is, he's a pretty good kicker for the, he has been for the Steelers, and when the chiefs lost Harrison Butker, who's fantastic, they knew where to go to
1: yeah you know isn't it incredible how everybody in the league now can kick 55 plus
0: yeah that amazing. that
1: it's like it's like you know it used to be unique for a baseball pitcher to throw 100 miles an hour now now they're every other arm that trots out of the bullpen's throwing a hundred you know it just seems seems that way about kickers they're just they're all now bombing the ball from 55 feet you make a 57 yarder anymore and it's like oh yeah he made it that used to be like a big deal so uh the the kicking game has evolved uh, incredibly in the nfl
0: if you want to get an idea what he did for the steelers last year he was 21 of 24 last year for the pittsburgh steelers and from 50 plus he was four for six so there's reason to get excited about what Matthew Wright can do for the Steelers. Also in 2020, when Boswell missed, I think he might've missed about three games. You know, this guy was decent as well. He ended up being four for four on field goals in in, uh, 2020 as well. So the guy has had a lot of kicks in the NFL. I mean, if you're looking at this, he's had close to thirty he's a little over thirty kicks total. so you gotta feel pretty good in what Matthew Wright can do now he's he's kind of a veteran kicker.
1: yeah, it's a good signing for sure. maybe he'll be a difference maker
0: he, he very well could be and have you felt that and now now this is in two thousand eighteen. When you looked at Chris Boswell and you're like, "Oh my gosh, is he is he done?" But have you felt that Chris Boswell has been? I kind of knew in the back of my mind is what I'm trying to say is that he's been hurt.
1: I don't know. I, he just um, he hasn't been as explosive with his kicks as he has in the past. I didn't. And and the one thing I did notice is he's not taking the long run up on kickoffs, and that may be because. Yeah, it, it affects his groin when he does that he's taken just a few just a couple of steps and then kicked off um uh, so so i don't i don't think i was real that conscious of it i was kind of wondering why you know obviously he's changed his technique or something but it, there certainly were signs
0: yeah i kind of felt that he has just not been right so that's definitely been a concern if we talk about the other major injuries also put on the injury reserve was a witherspoon and with the fact that you have had William Jackson the third not practice because he still has an ailing back, it doesn't look like you're gonna have either of those guys. How does that make you feel going in? You get KZ in the defensive backfield, but you're still hurting on the corners, Kevin.
1: Yeah, well, New Orleans, uh, Chris Olave is an explosive, good looking young receiver. Uh, fortunately for the Steelers, unfortunately for the Saints they're without Michael Thomas and uh, Jarvis Landry has been banged up. So there's a chance that he won't play either. So uh, New Orleans has been pretty good throwing the football. Their numbers are good. Uh, Some of those numbers are a little bit of fool's gold because they've put them up when they've been down in games and they've had to throw the ball and defenses have kind of retreated into softer zones and given them the underneath stuff. And so, so when you look at New Orleans, they're top 10 in a bunch of uh, a bunch of areas in, in the passing game, but, Uh, At the same time, I don't think the Steelers are exactly intimidated by Andy Dalton at this stage in his career. And again, when you look at, uh, at New Orleans on the outside, they're pretty banged up. So while the Steelers are going to be hurting from having to go deeper into their corner rotation, it kind of cancels itself out with the injuries on the other
0: side of the ball for New Orleans. How encouraged are you, though, by the fact that on Wednesday and Thursday, a full participant was Levi Wallace, who has had a shoulder injury?
1: Yeah, and, and that's a good sign. And I think that uh, that Wallace, Wallace has had his ups and downs so far this year. Uh, I think a key for the Steelers is rotating their guys. One of the things that they did really well um, a couple of weeks ago when they beat Tampa was they had a really good rotation going. That was the game where they played without – top their top three corners and they had all these young guys that that they were rotating on and off the field and I think that that's a strategy the Steelers should continue to pursue because without top-notch corners uh, they you don't want to give an opposing offense an opportunity to see you know what what their young guys are doing well and what they're what they're struggling with you don't want to put those guys in a position where the offense can set them up and uh, and and run the uh, the same concept a couple of times and get that corner used to jump in a certain route and now beat them on a double move or beat them with a route that looks similar but has a tag on it and suddenly becomes something different. So I'd like to see the Steelers really, you know, as long as they're still, as long as they're banged up at the corner position, take the the committee approach. I think that that's been effective for them.
0: So let me ask you this, two guys on defense that are a major concern. Miles Jack has had two, Did not practice in a row this week, Wednesday and Thursday. We are yet to see what's going to be going on on Friday with a knee. Larry Ogunjobi missed Wednesday, had limited participation with that knee on Thursday. Is Jack the biggest name on there?
1: Yeah, he's been pretty darn good so
0: far, and he really
1: thrives on his mobility. So if he's not moving well, that greatly reduces his game. And now you're, now you're relying on Spillane, Robert Spillane and, and Devin Bush as your, as your top inside backers. And um, I, you know, that puts you back where, where you were last season with the Steelers. Uh, The one thing I think maybe that helps them a little bit is, is, you know, Spillane has been a pretty good run stopper and the, the saints are most likely again, being a little banged up at the wide receiver position themselves uh, Going to want to run the football. They're they're have got Alvin Kamara, who's obviously one of the better backs in the league, and they'll bring in Taysom Hill at quarterback, and and he'll run uh, run the ball from the quarterback position. And I, I think that New or- New Orleans looked bad uh, last week against the Ravens on Monday night in Baltimore because Baltimore was able to shut down their run game. So I think if you're New Orleans, despite the fact that the Steelers secondary has given up a lot of yards, and the, one of the better ways to uh, you know, help out Andy Dalton is to get the run game going. So, so it'll be really interesting to see if they try to do that uh, without Ogan Joby, who's been really good the last couple of weeks, uh, last couple of games that he suited up for. They may, the Steelers may be a little bit more vulnerable up front. So it's a little bit of a, you know, Spillane's strength is more as a run stopper. Um, so, very, very, very interesting to see how New Orleans chooses to attack the Steelers.
0: Absolutely. And, Are they going to be attacking a defense with TJ Watt or not? He's not on the injury report. And the reason is, is because he is still on IR. So he's not going to be on the injury report. So my question to you is this, are we thinking the fact that he was definitely going to be back on New Orleans? Was that premature? Do you think that this is just a Friday move?
1: That's interesting. I, I There was talk that he would come back against the, the Eagles, and that's now, now we're looking at almost two weeks ago. So, unless he's had a, a setback in practice, I, I expect to see him. I, I would be surprised if he doesn't play.
0: Very good. Because for you, what does that change? It changes everything.
1: It changed, first and foremost, the obvious thing is the pass rush. The Steelers uh, had seven sacks in the opener at Cincinnati, and TJ Watt was almost unblockable in that game. And they frustrated the heck out of Joe Burrow and they were able to do it with relentless pressure. And, uh, they haven't been the same on defense ever since they've, they've, uh, they only have 15 sacks on the year, which means that in the seven games since TJ Watt left the lineup, they only have eight sacks. They had seven sacks in the one game he played and eight sacks in the seven games he has not played. So that puts so much pressure on their, on their, uh, secondary. When I was at the game in Philadelphia, Uh, two weeks ago one thing you know obviously you have the benefit live of seeing some things that you don't see on tv and one of the things that you could really see live was how comfortable Jalen Hurts was in the pocket Uh, that uh, the the pocket was it looked like uh, there were times when it looked like he was going through pregame warmup warm-up drills like a drill we call pat and go which is where the QB just like He's not even taking snaps, he's just holding the ball and he just pats it to simulate a snap and then the receivers just take off and run go routes and he lobs them up there. And uh, those touchdown passes to A.J. Brown look like pat and go drills. I mean, Jalen Hurts was taking the snap, literally standing in the pocket with his feet stationary and set, waiting for Brown to get to his, the point that he he wanted him to get to and then just kind of launching the ball down the field uh, because the Steelers could not put any pressure on them. And all that changes with... TJ Watt in the lineup and one of the nice things too is you get Andy Dalton who at this point in his career doesn't move around the pocket real well you have a pretty good idea where he's going to be so TJ Watt's in the in the lineup then uh the Steelers can probably play a little more aggressively in their coverages they they can press a little bit more on knowing that that Dalton's not going to have the kind of time that uh TJ Watt or I'm sorry that that Jalen Hurts did and also that Dalton, as a veteran quarterback, will be really heavy on his checkdowns. So I'd expect to see a decent amount of press coverage from the Steelers in anticipation of a better pass rush.
0: What does your gut say about, not about him playing, but about the fact that the Steelers have not made a move yet? They made a move with DeMonte KZ, but they have not made a move with TJ Watt. Is this posturing? Is this just going through the, you know, the entire motion of the entire process? Or is this bad news?
1: Well, I mean, I'll just tell you how. I don't know what it is exactly, but here's how I would play it if I were the Steelers. I would wait as long as possible to make that announcement because New Orleans preparing for TJ Watt versus preparing uh, for a Steelers defense without him, are t- those are two different game plans. TJ Watt is one of the few defenders in the NFL for whom you must game plan your your game plan changes based upon whether or not he's on the field and you have to account for him you have to make sure that uh, he's getting chipped he's getting doubled Um, that means that like your route your route combinations change your outlet receivers change the backs in sometimes it's really a very very different preparation process for a player like that so the longer the Steelers can wait to make an announcement, the harder it is on new Orleans to properly prepare.
0: So let me ask you one last thing before we go to our break. Does the fact that Ryan Anderson was let go released from the Steelers, especially from the 53 man roster earlier on this week, does that tell you a lot about something?
1: Uh, I mean, you know, they're, they're making some moves and I, yeah. Yes. Yeah, so I'm anticipating that Watt will be called up and, Uh, not called up, but that, that uh, he'll be activated. Um, So I think that that's a little bit instructive.
0: All right. Well, that's fantastic. I appreciate that. We're hoping to see TJ again. We're hoping to see a more dominant Steeler defense. Some of these injuries are disconcerting, but you never know. Everybody's going to have, every team is going to have injuries every single week. And we can talk about that till we're blue in the face. We will find out, but I think a lot of people will feel that the Steelers have turned the corner just knowing If TJ Watt is going to be back in, I do agree with you. You wait till the very end, as far as that goes, and you don't give it up until you have to give it up. So if they can go to Saturday morning and do it, I think I I think I would. But if I'm New Orleans right now, I'm preparing like he's in there.
1: Oh, yeah, you can't. You can't. (laughs) Terrible double negative, but you can't not do that. They have to do that and uh because it's easier to it's easier to say hey we go back to the stuff that we've been doing we don't worry so much about chipping them with the tight end or the back etc and and that's it's certainly it's certainly easier to to you know not worry about that stuff than it is to suddenly have to plan for it
0: absolutely so let's go ahead and take a break we are going to be back right after this and discuss you know what we're gonna discuss? We are gonna discuss what is most important about stopping the New Orleans Saints, how to do it, and who the Steelers need to rely on most. We're gonna do that next on Here We Go, the Steelers pregame show from behind oh, hey, me so the steelcurtain.com. I'm you've be seen welcome back to here we go the steelers pregame show i am brian anthony davis alongside me is kevin smith kt the coach man i tell you what it is i know it's late in your season but it's just the second half for the steelers how's it feeling in your world my man
1: um, uh, you know, I mean, good. We, we, uh, we got a young team. We had a, uh, we, we lost our playoff game, but it was nice that we made the playoffs with starting nine underclassmen on both sides of the ball. And then, uh, we had a, we had a game on Thursday. Uh, it's weird in New Jersey. You can still have, uh, so-called regular season games, you know, while the playoffs are, are, are going on. So we had a game on Thursday we won and that was nice coming off of a playoff loss to get back in the win column. So it's, you know, it's funny. I, It's like uh, what the way that we look at sophomores is almost like the way that Steelers fans look at rookies. You have these young kids in the lineup, and we had a whole bunch of young kids play on Thursday, and 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 some of them did some really good things, and it's just rewarding, really, to see the the progress. These are these are kids that back in July we never thought would be on the field, but because of some injuries and some other circumstances, suddenly they find themselves in the lineup, and when they and when they do well, it's it's really uh, it's really it's validating from a coaching standpoint. But you're also excited for the for the young men to see that their their growth. So Steelers certainly have young guys in in the lineup who are excited to see their progress as well as we get back to Steeler football.
0: Let me ask you this then, because you are eliminated from the playoffs, but you do have one more game to go, and that is on Thanksgiving Day, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. So, with that being said. I know you're not going to stop playing your seniors and and play the, the guys that got you there, but you're going to mix in a whole lot more as far as the younger guys like you have started to do. So my question to you is, is that what the Steelers do? If the Steelers lose this game this week to fall to two and seven, are you going to see a lot more of the future or are they just fighting until the end?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. I, I think they're fighting to the end because I think that's who Mike Tomlin is, and and the way that he approaches things. I think that he is he's a guy who is going to do everything he can to give the Steelers the best chance to win each and every week, uh, and he's not that interested in in next year. Uh, I don't. I mean, I think that he'll if 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 he believes that giving the Steelers the best chance to win means getting some of their younger players more time on the field. Let's, let's, let's talk about a guy like Mark Robinson, who uh, let's say that Miles Jack's a little bit dinged up. And uh, if, it, if it becomes a, a question of let's see what Mark Robinson can do, I think the only re, the only way that the Steelers uh, make that move is if they believe he's the next best guy. Maybe, maybe that they say to themselves, we think he's going to give us a better chance than Robert Spillane. I don't think that they say, well, we know what Spillane can do. Let's find out what Robinson Robinson can do, even if they believe Spillane is better. I just don't think Tomlin operates that way.
0: Absolutely. So thank you for clearing that up. Let's talk about, we don't want to talk about going to two and seven. We want to talk about <laughs> the Steelers going to three and six. How can they do that? What is the key? And who are you worrying about on the New Orleans offense to get started?
1: Well, Chris Alave is a stud uh, and he's, he's a guy that the Steelers have to be able to take away. So I think the Steelers for when, the, when I think about how do the Steelers win? Um, I think they have to limit the damage that a can do. I mean, he's kind of like one of the front runners for, for offensive rookie in the year in the league right now. Um, and they've got to, they got to get pressure on Andy Dalton. I mean, the, the Steelers have been decent in, in stopping the run and uh, new Orleans run game is not sensational. It's kind of middle, middle of the pack, even though they have a good back in Kamara. Um, but I mean, you know, Andy Dalton's always been a guy in his career who's thrived upon timing. He he throws timing routes. He's good against his own defense. The Steelers earlier in the season got gashed by quarterbacks playing soft zone. And and something seemed to to kind of click a little bit in uh, the Miami game a few weeks ago when they got out of that uh, after, the after you know, Tua Tagovailoa had, had shredded him for a quarter. And uh, they tighten things up, and that's what I really want to see them do against uh, New Orleans. I, I want to see them be aggressive, be aggressive uh, with their coverages, uh, with their pass rush stunts. Uh, if TJ Watt's back in the lineup, you know, ho- hopefully they can they can make uh, Dalton's life uncomfortable, and and that's a that's a great a great start. And then when the Steelers have the ball, I mean, you know, that's a whole other conversation, but. Uh, it, it'll be very interesting to see what the offense looks like with, with Claypool gone. They have a chance to kind of reinvent themselves a little bit, especially from a personnel standpoint. And I, I said earlier in the show, I really want to see the Steelers go 12 personnel more. I think that there's an awful lot of opportunities for them to get that run game kickstarted out of 12 personnel. Uh, and and to give to give Kenny Pickett some simple reads, one of the one of the great things about twelve personnel, which again, is is having two tight ends on the field, is it creates an extra gap in the run game. So so now, rather than having seven gaps that a defense has to defend, there's eight. And in order to defend the eighth gap, you almost have to bring an eighth defender down, which means usually means a safety. And what that does for Kenny Pickett is it really simplifies, the combinations of coverages that a team can play because teams play all sorts of uh, coverage disguises with two high safeties. They drop safeties, they rotate guys, they move them all over. And, you know, that can be confusing for a young quarterback, but when you have to drop a safety play with, with, with uh, just a single high safety, the, the ability to do those things, play those games as a defense is reduced and could make, make Pickett's life easier. So I think for, for, for two reasons, one, they can run the, I think they can run the ball better out of 12 personnel and two. I think they can throw it better because it simplifies things for picket. That's what I would love to see. I'd love to see more two
0: tight end sets on the field. How tremendous is that? Thank you so much, Kevin. Cause when you said 12 personnel, the only thing I could think in my feeble brain is, Hey, is this an angels in the end zone thing where they've got an invisible guy, an angel helping put the ball in the Steelers hands, but no, it's not that you're an absolute clinician. Thank you so much. Well, it's not, it's not, it's not a 12th person. So
1: it's funny, it's funny you know, like you get, uh, I mean, there's, there's simple. Sometimes, uh, when, you know, when you talk to people about football, you're talking about simple concepts, but then you know how it is like in anybody's world, it's like when I'm at work and the, and my computer's, uh, not working right. And I call the tech guy and the tech guy comes down and he tells me sometimes pretty simple things to me in guy language and I have no idea what he's talking about none whatsoever and then he'll say and then he'll just he'll just simplify it for me he'll say like just click the arrow and I'll say oh click the arrow I can I can click the arrow but when he <laughs> puts it in you know when he puts it in a different terminology I have no idea what he's talking about so a lot of times you're just you hear people talk about different concepts football wise and it all just sort of depends if they're kind of if are they using coach speak or are they using
0: fan speak what, what language are they speaking who on the New Orleans defense is the biggest concern? I mean, you have, they've got a cam of their own and a cam that was drafted the very same first round as of cam Hayward. And he's a wrecker and you've got a pretty decent defensive backfield with Latimer there as well. What are your concerns from them? Well, Cam Jordan and Marshawn Lattimore have both been on the injury
1: list, and they were both uh, on, on Wednesday in on the on the Saints injury list. They both were limited in practice. Now that doesn't mean a whole lot. That that could just be uh, they're getting kind of the veterans treatment, where they're where they're pulled back a little bit. But uh, it also could be because they're they're banged up. Um, and you know those two, those two guys are, are excellent football players. Uh, you got Tyrann Mathau. Uh, Who you know some people liked for the Steelers. I think he's a guy the Steelers can take advantage of. I think he's a guy who they can use his aggressiveness against him. I think it's a great play action week. Again, if you go, I mean, not to repeat myself, but if you go back to two tight end packages, Mathal becomes the guy who plays most likely plays down in the box. And if you can get one of the Steelers' big tight ends isolated on him, I mean, he you know he's only about five foot nine. Um, I mean, that's a pretty good matchup with six foot five Pat Fryermuth on Tyron Mathau. Um, and he's a guy that because he's so aggressive against the run, he can be double moved, he can, he can, you know, he can run some play action looks against him. So good football player for sure, but also a guy who uh maybe the Steelers can can take advantage of. Um And then, you know, I mean, the other guy I like is is uh, Marcus Davenport's a nice player, the right defensive end. But uh he's also a guy that's, that's listed as questionable. So, So the Saints are really banged up on both sides of the ball. I mean, uh, the Steelers have suffered some high-profile injuries, but I think the Saints just kind of across the board seem to have more. Um, So, you know, the Steelers may get fortunate and, and face some of their lesser players on Sunday.
0: All right, who's the real black and gold this weekend? Is it the Steelers or is it the Saints? I'm not talking about the true colors. I'm talking about who's winning this game. Well, first of all, I, I love the.
1: I love the when the Steelers and Saints play. I love the uniform matchup. I think it's what I think it's a, a visually uh, satisfying those two uniforms against one another. I just, even though the colors are similar, there's something about them that it's always been very visually appealing to me. So I, I just, I like, I'm going to enjoy watching uh, the game just from that perspective. But I, I think the Steelers are going to win. I think, you know, uh, New, or- New Orleans is coming off a short week. They played Monday night. They got beaten up by the Ravens. Um, I don't think that they're – that. I don't think that they do anything exceptionally well. And I think this is really kind of where the Steelers can hang in. The Steelers, I think, can hang in against teams um, that that don't have any, any noticeable advantage over Pittsburgh. I, I think the biggest advantage would be in, in stats anyway, New Orleans passing game against Pittsburgh's pass defense. But like I said earlier, a lot of New Orleans stats have come in garbage times. So so again, I don't necessarily think Andy Dalton and 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 a banged up core of receivers gives them a significant advantage. And with two weeks the game plan for this game, you know, I mean what think about the last two years. The Steelers win their opening game on the road as underdogs because they were able to put together good game plans because they had extra time. They've had some extra time and uh they've had some time maybe to look at now that Kenny Pickett's body of work and decide what's he doing best and, and what's he doing poorly and how can we help him and what can we, what do we need to shield him from, et cetera. So I don't know. I think it sets up pretty well for the Steelers. I'm going to pick them to win.
0: All right. Dude of the week. It's a tough one this week. Uh There was no game last week, so you might have to do a uh, a projected dude of the week. Whatever you want to do, it's your show, my man. <laughs> All right, it's my show. I'm going to pick one
1: of my players. Can I pick one of my players, Brian? You know what? Can pick, Absolutely. Can I pick an Ocean City High School player? Yes. So we, since we played yesterday, since we played on Thursday, uh, we were really banged up. We started 10 underclassmen on on, on defense and nine on offense, and uh, I think that's what it was. Uh, and we had a kid who had never played in a varsity game before, starting on both sides of the football. And, man, did he have a great game. A kid named J.P. Forster, a sophomore uh, safety and wide receiver who who had a couple of great pass breakups and a, and a huge fourth down catch to keep a drive alive that that wound up in a touchdown and and we ended up uh, you know kind of winning and going away in the second half so I was really proud of, of that young man so JP I, I doubt you're listening by man but I'm gonna I'm gonna talk to you when I see you next and and let you know that you were the dude of the week
0: that is absolutely awesome you know I think you should do you do anything. On post game, do you give out a game ball? Do you do that on the high school level?
1: Yeah, we do. We do all sorts of little little things for them. I run our Twitter and our Instagram pages for the for our team, and and I am uh, always honoring guys on there for for various things. So,
0: well, I'm uh, challenging you right now. You need to okay. you need to call it the dude of the week. Uh, call it call it the dude of the week. Okay, I think all they right. deserve a dude of the week. All right, I like that i like that new traditions
1: i like new traditions
0: and i do want to bring something up if anybody's asking why are you talking about high school guys if you don't mind me and i could cut this out if you need me to but you have a steeler legacy on the team too right we do we do
1: yeah our quarterback riley gunnels uh his grandfather who's also named riley uh was on the steelers back in 1965 and um and at the end of his NFL career, he played he played nine years in the league. He was on the Eagles 1960 NFL championship team. And he ended his career with this with the Steelers and a big offensive lineman. He's still around. He's 84 years old. He comes to our practices almost every day, sits in the stands and watches. And Riley, his grandson, is a big quarterback, big six four, two hundred and fifteen-pound kid who can sling it. So uh it's pretty cool to have a have a, a former steeler sitting in the stands uh, at practice every day.
0: That is absolutely awesome. Uh so we'll give him some dude of the week too. <laughs> yeah. He he is a dude. He's he's 84
1: years old, and when he stands up, you can still see it. And I shook his hand one time and I mean it was it was like shaking an oak tree. I mean, he's got <laughs> you know, it's thick and he's got fingers going in every different direction, and then you know, the knuckles are you know three times the size of mine. So that's a guy who played some O-line you know, back in the day when it was literal, literal fistfights in the
0: trenches. Absolutely awesome. Well, thanks so much, man, my man. I appreciate it. Let's get on out of here. It's the Steelers. It's the Saints. It's the BTSC. Here we go. Pre-game show and hopefully the beginning of something new. Remember, a new start instead of same old Steelers. For Kevin Smith, my name is Brian Anthony Davis from com. Keep your feet on the ground, and Kevin... Keep reaching for the hypocycloids. All right, we will see you next week.